Good morning. It's Wednesday and we are going to spend some time in the Word. So I want to start today uh, maybe by giving a few seconds for some people to log on. <laughs> good morning, Eric. It's good to, to see you there. So uh, we'll see who else is joining us. All right. There's Martinette. Bless you, Martinette. It's good to have you there. Okay, I want to go to John chapter 2. Oh, John chapter 1. He says, um, hello everybody, hello Chanel, <laughs> it's good to have someone so friendly and chirpy on the other side there. Good morning Janine, oh I'm so tired I can't even keep my eyes open and I, and I actually slept last night, apart from the security people phoning me at half past four this morning, but uh, John chapter one, alright, so, so he's talking about John the Baptist. Hello, Dini. They're from Donna Bay, Mosul Bay area. It's good to see you there. Um, all right, so. They, they spoke to John the Baptist, verse 22. They said to him, Who are you? Tell us so that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the voice of one crying aloud in the wilderness, the voice of one shouting in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Level straighten out the path of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. The messengers had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you, are you baptizing if you are not Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I only baptize in, with water. Among you there stands one whom you do not recognize. So he's already there. There stands one whom you do not recognize. And with whom you are not acquainted, and of whom you know nothing. It is he coming after me, he's preferred before me, the string of whose sandal I'm not worthy to unloose. These things occurred in Bethany across the Jordan, at the Jordan crossing, where John was then baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. King James, behold, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. All right. So John the Baptist said, there's one coming, there's one coming. So John was the last prophet of the old covenant. All right. And Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 11, he said, um, of all born of women, of all men born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because he saw with his physical eyes the Lamb of God. He recognized him in the flesh. Okay? So he saw him there. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sin of the world. All right. So uh, Jesus said, Of all born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So how are you in the king, how do you get into the kingdom of God? Well, John chapter 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you, ha you must be born again. Otherwise, you will not enter the kingdom. So being born again means you hear the message that's uh, God-breathed, spirit-breathed, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You believe it, it enters your heart, and you are born of the spirit, and you receive a new birth. And that spirit birth comes from the word of God, which is the gospel, First Peter chapter 1. All right, so uh, John saw Jesus. 
And he said, Behold the Lamb. All right. So the prophets all said, One is coming. They all pointed to the cross. They all prophesied of the one that would come. And John said, There he is. Okay, so now our lives. Behold the Lamb. Okay. Why should you behold the Lamb? Because he takes away the sins of the world. Right? He's the one that removes. He's the propitiation. He's the atoning sacrifice. So he is the one that we need to be beholding, the lamb. So he uh, manifested himself in all kinds of different ways. He's a lion, but he's a lamb. You know, he's a good shepherd, and he's a lamb. Okay? <laughs> he's the king of glory. So he's all kinds of things. But he didn't say, behold, the king of glory. He didn't say, behold, here comes the Lion of Judah. He said, here comes the Lamb. Okay, so it must refer to the cross of Christ. Okay, so he was, he was prophesying of this is the one that would become the Lamb that the law writes about. This is the one that would be the perfect sacrifice, the full atoning perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. All right. So what he was in, in fact prophesying, what he was in fact recognizing was the manifestation of the love of God. <clears throat> because the lamb was slain on the cross. And First uh, John chapter 4 says, <clears throat> sorry, First John chapter 4 says, uh, in this the love of God was made manifest that where we are concerned, in that God sent his son to be, to be the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins. All right, so if you see the lamb, you see the sacrifice for sins. If you see the lamb as he was slain on the cross, you see the love of God manifested. Okay, so that was God showing his love. That was the light entering into the world. He has come unto his own, his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him, gave he power to become sons of God. So if we see him and recognize him, behold him, power to become sons, power to be born again into the kingdom of God. All right, so Revelation chapter 4, he says, After this I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. Now I've referred to this recently, a door standing open in heaven. Okay, so heaven is not closed, the heavens were open, and we saw that the, the door was Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20, is the flesh body of Jesus Christ, crucified, Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the door, um, so we have access, and we come in through the door, which is Jesus Christ, crucified. He says, after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard uh, uh, addressing me, like the calling of a warbled trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must, must take place in the future. And at once I came under the Spirit's power, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, and one seated on the throne. So he was describing the one seated on the throne. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 6 says, And there between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin, I saw a lamb. Standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sevenfold Holy Spirit, who have been sent on duty far and wide into all the earth. 
He then went and took a scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. All right. So what is the scroll? That was sealed and the seals were broken. The scroll is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. So just what is in my heart today to explain, to, to, to bring over to you is this. Behold the Lamb. Okay. So in Numbers, uh, there came fiery serpents to the Israelites. The Israelites walked in the desert and serpents came and bit them. And God said to Moses, take, took, take a serpent and put it on a pole. And everyone who was bitten by a serpent need only to look at the serpent on the pole and they would be healed. All right? And that showed towards Jesus being crucified. Okay, so there he was depicted as a serpent on the cross. All right, so I want to read to you 2 Corinthians. Before we go to 2 Corinthians, just quickly go to John chapter 3 first. Verse 14 says, And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross, in order that any, everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, trusts and relies on him, may not perish, but have eternal life and actually live forever. So as they lifted up the serpent on the, on the pole, as they lifted up the body of Jesus on the cross, everyone who would look, everyone who would behold, everyone who would watch to see what this thing is that's happening would be delivered from death and would receive life. That they may not perish, but have eternal life. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish or be, be lost but have eternal, everlasting life. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, if we can pick it up in verse 19, it says, It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him, we might become and endued with viewed as being in examples, etc. And amplified the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved, acceptable, and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. Okay, so there was a great exchange that took place. He who knew no sin became the serpent on the cross, He became sin for us, He became. The scapegoat, they laid hands on a scapegoat and sent it into the desert. He became, he became the Passover lamb. 
that would be slain and they ate the lamb and put the blood against the doorpost so the angel of death would pass over. Okay? He, he was all of that. He became the sacrifice. He became sin on that cross so that we who behold the lamb and we who put our trust in the sacrifice that was given on that cross might live and not perish. So one of the greatest images in the whole word that we need to behold and that we need to constantly etch into our mind is the cross of Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Right? If you behold the Lamb of God, guess what? You will find an open door into heaven. If you behold the Lamb of God, guess what? You will see the sacrifice that atoned for your sin. If you behold the Lamb of God, you will see the manifestation of the love of God towards you. If you behold the Lamb of God, you will be saved from death and pass into life. If you behold the Lamb of God, nothing of the consequences of sin touches you. You are reconciled with God. You are being made, you have been made one with Him. If you behold the Lamb of God, your sins have been taken away. All right? Right, Isaiah chapter 6. Man, I'm you know, doing a, you know, learning a song on the keyboard on Isaiah chapter 6. It's going to be awesome. All right, so. In the year that King Uzziah died, in a vision I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each at six wings, with two each covered his own face, and with two each covered his feet, and with two each flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the fountains and the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And uh, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim, the heavenly beings, to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, Behold, behold, behold. <laughs> I just like to place emphasis on certain words. Okay, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity and guilt are taken away. All right, so I saw the Lord in his temple. All right, and then the seraphim came with a coal of fire and that is taken from the altar. And he touched the lips and he said, behold, your sins are taken. Your iniquity and guilt are taken away. Your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. So where was the atonement of sin? Well, the blood of Jesus is the atonement for sin. The cross of Christ. The Lamb as he was slain from the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God that is uh, in the midst of the throne as he was slain. All right. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. All right. So it's, a, it's an amazing progression of things. So uh, if people have a desire for ministry, don't just go. Behold the Lord. So have that experience where, 
where the Lord touches your heart. Okay, this is, this is the word of the Lord. When you behold the Lord, your sin is taken away. It's washed, it's removed from you. Behold the Lamb that comes to take away the sins of the world. And when the all awareness of sin is gone, when all uh, guilt and iniquity is washed away, okay, he heard the voice and said, Who shall go for me? Here am I, Lord. I will go. Here am I. Send me. All right. So the, the forgiveness of sins, uh, the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ, is all in this one image of Jesus Christ being crucified. Okay, so there's some people that have preached, said, no, there's too much um, preaching of the cross. No, there's too little preaching of the cross. Uh, what, what he meant to say was, there's, there's greater things that God wants to reveal to you. There's things that's, that happens as as you have experienced the cross, if you, if, you, if you know, if your eyes are fixed and focused on the cross, there's certain things that God can reveal to you afterwards. All right. So Jesus uh, died on the cross. He, he was the lamb slain. But he also was raised from the dead. And he also was, uh, uh, you know, ascended to the Father. And he's seated at the right hand. And the word says, we are seated with him in heavenly places. So... Uh, in this don't stay in the old begging for mercy before a religious cross. What I'm saying is, behold the lamb, the person. Behold the sacrifice. Behold the blood of Jesus being poured out. Behold the open door. Behold the way, fresh new living way which he initiated, prepared for you. Behold what you now have. You are with him, seated with, with the lamb slain on the right hand of the Father in the midst of the throne. Okay, so there's, there's in that revelation of the cross, there's more revelations, but don't take away the cross. The cross of Christ is the focus of everything concerning Christianity. We need to behold the Lamb of God. All right, so I want to end in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight and that sin which so readily, deftly, cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving its first incentive for our belief, and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so you see there, there's the whole story, okay? He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross. So who was crucified? The Lamb. Despising, ignoring, shame is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, like Re Revelation chapter 5 says, in, between the, the uh, heavenly Sanhedrin in the midst of the throne, there was the lamb as he was being slain. Okay, just think of him. All right, so 
if we rewind a couple of days, we've been speaking about your mind and your heart being unveiled so that in your mind and your heart you can see in the Spirit. Okay, so just see, behold Him, think of Him, meditate on Him, behold Him, think on Him, meditate on Him, behold Him in your heart, in your mind. Look upon Him in the unseen because He's in the unseen on the throne. Okay, so behold Him, just think of Him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility. There's the cross again. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted or losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Okay, so we need to constantly turn back. We need to constantly behold. We need to constantly meditate and focus on the price that was paid, the sacrifice that was given. And on that, in that revelation of the cross of Christ, in that revelation of who he is, we see the open door. In that revelation of the cross of Christ, we see the new way which was, was opened up for us. In that revelation of the cross of Christ, we see the heavenly uh, host. We see the throne of God. In the, re the revelation of him being the door, him being the lamb, him being the cross, everything of him, God reveals in visions, revelations of what's happened at the cross to you. You will see things in the spirit. And you will understand things in the scriptures. If your heart and your mind's eye is constantly beholding the Lamb of God. Alright? So, look away from all that will distract. Unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So, where does, what is, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing. Romans chapter 10 verse 16. So what must we hear? He says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So wh where did he get that from? Isaiah 53. He says, he was wounded for our transgression. Who was wounded? The Lamb of God. He was bruised for our iniquities. Who was bruised? The Lamb of God. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Upon who? Upon him. The Lamb of God. And by his stripes, the Lamb of God, we have been healed and made whole. And then he says, we as sheep have gone astray. Each of us uh, uh, has turned to our own way. But the Lord has made to light upon him, the lamb, the iniquity of all of us, all our sheep that have gone astray. <laughs> so behold the lamb of God that has come to take away the iniquity of the world. Right, so I want to just uh, tell you today that your sins are completely atoned for, taken away and forgiven. Keep your heart and your eyes riveted, fixed, set like a flint on the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't let it waver. Don't let your attention go away from the cross. And receive the sacrifice that Jesus has paid for you. This is the source of all life today in the earth. All right. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. Thank you for watching. Let me just see if there's some, any, if there are any others that I haven't greeted yet. Bless you, uh, Eric, there with your comments, and bless you. Okay, so there's no other new names. So bless you guys. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. May you have a most prosperous, blessed, happy, amazing, joy-filled Holy Ghost Day. In Jesus' name, amen.